Welcome to the Maritime Executives Podcast Series, In the Know. I'm Tony Munoz, Editor-in-Chief. Our Executive Corner Podcast will provide conversations with top executives concerning events and issues that are shaping our industry today. We will also bring you up to speed with the latest news and editorials covered by the Maritime Executive. Welcome to the Maritime Executive Magazine Podcast Series, In the Know. I'm Paul Benecki. In this episode, I'm joined by Port of Corpus Christi CEO Sean Strawbridge for a discussion on the importance of American energy exports. For the details, listen in. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you think you might like to start us off with a quick introduction to the Port of Corpus Christi and its recent history? I'd be glad to, Paul. Port of Corpus Christi has been in existence for uh, nearly 95 years. Uh, 2021 will be our 95th anniversary. And we started out as an agriculture port. Uh, there's a lot of growers in Texas, products like sorghum and milo and cotton. Uh, but when Texas found that it was oil and gas rich back in the 30s, uh, very quickly the Port of Corpus Christi moved from an agriculture-centric port to an energy port. And that's really what the Port of Corpus Christi has been for the preponderance of its of its existence over the uh, nearly last uh, century. Uh, we have a large refining center here, about a million barrels a day of crude oil uh, can be refined uh, with seven refineries. We have a burgeoning petrochemical uh, sector and we also uh, are a large exporter of liquefied natural gas uh, through the Chenier Corpus Christi liquefaction facility. And to cap that all off, uh, we now can export U.S. produced crude oil uh, since December of 2015, when the federal ban on the exportation of U.S. produced crude oil was lifted in a bipartisan omnibus agreement with the Obama administration, uh, extending some production tax credits for renewables and the Republicans wanting this repeal on the crude export ban. And since that time, Corpus Christi has really led the nation as the primary gateway, the primary tributary for exporting U.S. produced crude oil to our allies and trading partners around the world. That's really been a great story uh, for us, and but it certainly has posted, posed a lot of challenges for infrastructure, which is really driving our capital improvement program. And do you think you could tell us a little bit about Port of Corpus Christi's capital improvement projects, where they're at now and where they're headed? Well, certainly the the cornerstone of our capital improvement pro program is the deepening and the widening of the Corpus Christi ship channel. Uh, it's a 36 mile long uh, channel. It's a federalized channel. It's maintained by the Army Corps of Engineers. And this is a federal project. Uh, Congress authorized this project in 2007. It was reauthorized in WERDA 2014, the Water Resources Development Act. Uh, and we finally got off to the races in 2017 with the signing of the project partnership agreement between the Port of Corpus Christi and the uh, Army Corps of Engineers. And they began the work uh, in 2018. And phase one of this four phase project is now complete. Uh, phase two is underway. And we anticipate all four phases to be completed by 20, the end of 2023. Uh, this will give us the deepest draft ship channel in the entire U.S. Gulf and the widest channel, uh, certainly in the U.S. Gulf. Uh, for now, uh, there are a lot of other 
infrastructure projects, waterway projects in the state of Texas uh, that are currently underway. Uh, but we just happen to be a little more mature in our project life cycle. So that project is really what's driving a lot of our growth here, coupled with the abundance of hydrocarbons, uh, the uh, energy production that Texas has. We're the closest deep draft port to the large production fields. So there's been a lot of pipelines that are bringing that production to the coast. Uh, here we do a fair amount of processing, as I mentioned, with refining, petrochemicals, but certainly uh, uh, natural gas liquids, which are turned into uh, uh, types of commodities like propanes and butanes that people use to heat their homes and cook their food. And then they reach the water and they're exported to our allies and our trading partners around the world. And so that really, with the paradigm shift from vessel technology, really evolving vessel technologies uh, that I'm sure your readers and your listeners are familiar with, uh, you know, it's really a, been an arms race to improve infrastructure in seaports around the country and certainly around the world. And we're no different than that. We don't do any containers here. We are purely a bulk facility, uh, a bulk port. Uh, we'll do about 150 million tons this year, which puts us as the third most uh, productive waterway in the United States behind the Houston Ship Channel and the South Louisiana uh, portion of the Mississippi River. Um, but that's a uh, certainly a badge of honor for us uh, as we continue to see more volumes here and certainly puts more uh, emphasis on continued investment in the supporting infrastructure. So the last time we talked, you mentioned that the port has seen surging volumes this year. Despite the pandemic, it's been a very successful year for you. Is that growth on track to continue? Yeah, 2020 has uh, obviously been an extraordinary year. Uh, and we have uh, not been unscathed by the COVID-19 pandemic and certainly the associated demand destruction and the economic, the acute economic downturn that we see, which particularly was hard hit and hard felt in the, in the energy space. Uh, but we had a tremendous amount of infrastructure investment, private industrial investment that was going on in and around the Corpus Christi ship channel to the tune of about $55 billion over the last five years. Uh, and so because of all that, that frenetic pace of, of investments in large industrial facilities like uh, ethane crackers and uh, plastics and resin facilities that are the base building blocks for manufacturing, uh, we really saw that that created a level of resiliency as we went into the pandemic. In other words, we did see a downturn, but we saw what I would call higher highs and higher lows in our volumes. Uh, so we are certainly taking a little bit of a retracement here from our record peaks, but we're by no means going back to where we were just a few short years ago. We will continue to operate at this higher level with this higher level of volume, which is why as the economy recovers, as people come out of their COVID cocoons, so to speak, on a global basis, and as we start to see the wheels of commerce turning again, we'll certainly be ready here with not only the infrastructure investments that we've made to date, but the continued infrastructure investments that we'll make, like the Corpus Christi Ship Channel Improvement Project, more rail uh, facilities here as we our rail car counts have quadrupled uh, over the last uh, few years and are expected to double yet again over the next five years. Uh, more roads. Uh, we've got a billion-dollar bridge, a new uh, bridge that will be at a higher uh, have a higher air draft uh, to allow the larger vessels to traverse under 
under it. So tremendous investment going on here. Uh, it certainly gives us uh, an opportunity to take a little bit of a pause here with the economics, but 2020 is turning out to be a record year for us yet again. Uh, and we'll just have to see where we go in 2021. We think 2021 will probably be somewhat flat relative to 2020, but 2020 is still tracking ahead of where we were in 2019. And so what does this trade, um, which has grown so much over the last several years, what does it mean in terms of jobs and economic activity, both within your, your uh, local hinterlands and for the United States as a whole? Well, any infrastructure project are is a job creating project. And, you know, this past administration was certainly focused uh, early in its tenure on an infrastructure package. Uh, it perhaps uh, was, uh, was stymied a little bit by that politics being what it is. Uh, I know that uh, in discussing with the Biden transition team, infrastructure is certainly front and center with the incoming administration. And really, infrastructure is by, has bipartisan support. That's why you see uh, legislation like the Water Resources Development Act uh, that really does have good, strong bipartisan support uh, from both the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, when you look at the, the, um, uh, the chair of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee on the House side, uh, that's uh, Congressman Peter DeFazio from Oregon. He's got a port in his district. Uh, he recognizes the important supports to local, uh, regional, and national economies. And so we really think that uh, we're going to need to to continue to to focus heads down on that, whatever the politics be, because these are job-creating uh, and job-inducing uh, investments. Port of Corpus Christi, we have 93,000 of our 500,000 population in the metropolitan area. 93,000 jobs are directly or indirectly related to the Port of Corpus Christi and its continued viability. About 1.2 million jobs nationally tied to the Port of Corpus Christi. So we certainly recognize that it's important that we that we continue to make these investments. And at any given time, when you look at these large in these large uh, uh, projects that we're dealing with, and I'm going to use Exxon Mobil. Uh, chemical in their joint venture with Saudi Arabia Basic Industries Corporation. It's called Gulf Coast Growth Ventures. They're building the world's largest steam ethane cracker. Uh, right now, there are 4,000 hardworking women and men on that site, on that job site right now, building that facility for Gulf Coast Growth Ventures. Uh, you know, these are, these are well-paying, wage-earning jobs uh, that are allowing couples to put their families through school to provide a roof over their head. And that's really what uh, is attractive for us is as we see more reshoring of manufacturing, which we fully expect in the coming years, we're going to see a lot more of that in the South Texas region because of that abundance of energy that we have, because we've got a deep draft port, because we have a fairly robust workforce. And the last thing is we still are in air attainment. Uh, so our air quality down here in South Texas is so good that the uh, non-attainment measures don't have to be employed down here. We still, our ozone levels are below 60 parts per billion. Uh, the federal threshold for non-attainment is 70 parts per billion. We're going to continue to uh, make these investments with an eye towards environmental responsibility and stewardship. Our ESG uh, commitment is large and is, is firmly committed, starting with our board. Uh, so we certainly believe that uh, as we go forward, we're going to continue to drive uh, the economy and come out of the doldrums from COVID-19 and infrastructure is going to play a key role in that.
And so the port is doing quite a lot to support these infrastructure investments. What can policymakers do to support this growth? That's an excellent question, Paul. And, you know, it really comes down to uh, two things. One, policies that will stimulate further infrastructure investment. Uh, and that may mean more public-private partnerships that really hasn't been prevalent in this country relative to uh, other countries and, and other regions. Uh, you know, the federal government is certainly going to have some challenges with revenue generation. Uh, and when we look at the need for more of these infrastructure projects, you know, the Army Corps of Engineers alone has $98 billion worth of congressionally authorized projects. And that those are uh, navigation uh, projects, uh, both coastal and inland navigation construction projects. Uh, those are coastal uh, uh, flood control and, and flood risk mitigation projects. Uh, but they only appropriated for that new work this last year, $3 billion. So when you look at the wide chasm of, of what Congress has mandated that the Corps do, and yet what Congress is authorizing them for appropriations, we're never going to get there. So what I would impress upon both sides of the aisle is let's really put an eye towards infrastructure. Let's give uh, those resources to uh, the, uh, the state DOTs and certainly with the Army Corps of Engineers, who is the steward of our national federal waterways. Let's give them the resources that they need so they can do the job that Congress has mandated for them. Uh, and let's make this country competitive. That would be great. You know, a, a significant infrastructure program would help so many people in so many uh, local and regional economies. So this year has been a big challenge for so many communities around the country and around the world. Um, I know the port has been doing a, quite a bit to support its neighbors. Um, and I was wondering if you might be able to tell our readers a bit about those efforts. Ports are uh, usually embedded within municipalities, counties, uh, work with other local governments. And at the end of the day, we all have to be good neighbors. Uh, and Port Authority is no different. Uh, there are certainly impacts from port operations that affect neighboring communities. We want to mitigate those impacts. Uh, any of those uh, uh, negative impacts. And certainly uh, we want to highlight the positive impacts. We've been very, very fortunate and very lucky. And we're certainly grateful for the financial position that we are in here at the Port of Corpus Christi. Moody's rated us the second, uh, the, 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 we had the second highest liquidity of any public port authority in the country. Uh, that's an enviable position. Uh, for any port authority to be in, and, and we're no different. But we recognize that small businesses in our community were particularly hard hit by the pandemic. Nonprofits who usually are able to go out and have fundraisers and have events that support the giving for the great work that those charities do, weren't able to have those types of, of events. And that's why the port recognized that we really needed to step up and, and respond to the needs of those different factions in our community. Again, whether it's small businesses, whether it's not-for-profits, or even the uh, employees here at the Port of Corpus Christi. We established an employee relief fund uh, by donating accrued sick time or vacation time that then could be uh, repurposed into dollars for uh, hardships for some of our employees who may have uh, uh, had a spouse who lost a job. Uh, or were affected negatively by COVID uh, and had some additional bills. You know, it's really when times are tough that really proves the mettle of an agency. And we very, feel very grateful about our ability to help those in need. And, and we've done that and we plan on doing that into 2021. 
you know, I'd certainly like to think that when, you know, the clock strikes midnight on January 1 of 2021, all of this will go away and it was just a bad dream. But unfortunately, the reality is we're probably going to be in this COVID environment for at least another six months. And we're going to continue to support those uh, that are less fortunate and have been negatively impacted uh, as a result of this global pandemic. Well, it's great that the port was in a position to help so much. And it seems to me that this is also a, a great story about how American energy exports supported economic activity that was then available to communities when they needed it. Is there anything else that um, you want our readers to know, something that uh, we haven't covered? At the end of the day, we are um, we're a public agency that is committed to economic development. Uh, but we want to make sure that we're doing it in a responsible, sustainable manner. And we are certainly in an industry that does have some cumulative impacts from operations uh, on air quality, uh, perhaps on water quality. And so we're really heavily focused on really elevating our game and our customers game when it comes to environmental sustainability and stewardship. We made the decision three years ago that 100% of our power buy would be renewable. Uh, we were the first port in the nation to do that. Uh, we're very proud of that. That cost us a little more money, but we felt that it was worth it. Uh, we're certainly going through a transition where all of our fleet vehicles are converted, converting to clean a clean fleet. Um, but what people need to also understand is that we also need to uh, recognize the abundance of energy that we produce in this country. Uh, and we've got to focus on ways that we can uh, reduce those mitigation, those those measure, those impacts through uh, carbon capture and sequestration technologies, for example. We've created a technology advancement program here where it's really a real world incubator where emerging technologies in atmospheric carbon reduction uh, can test their, uh, their their processes and their technologies here at the port in a real world environment. And the port is attracting funding, not only its own dollars, but state grant money and federal grant money in support of these emerging technologies. So we really want your readers to recognize that, you know, even though we're open for business here in South Texas, uh, we're going to do it in a responsible, sustainable way. And it's just evident by looking out the window and seeing that, you know, we are still in air attainment. Los Angeles can't say that. Uh, New York can't say that. Uh, certainly parts of Louisiana can't say that. We're very excited about where we are in our position, not only from an economic quality, but certainly an environmental and a public health standpoint as well. Corpus Christi is also a major port for onshore wind turbine components, right? Correct. Texas is the largest producer of wind energy in the country. In fact, it produces more than the next six states combined. Uh, and so uh, that's really a badge of honor for us, which allows us to uh, buy that energy. Uh, but those wind turbines need a lot of the, those components are made overseas. For uh, for example, Siemens uh, or Gamesa, those are European Union uh, companies, uh, and and they produce uh, wind components that then come through the Port of Corpus Christi and are then moved to other areas, not only of Texas but certainly other states as well that are embracing uh, renewables. At the end of the day, we're going to need to embrace an all-of-the-above energy approach. Uh, it's our belief that renewables right now represent about 15% uh, of, our, uh, of our power consumption. I think we can grow that to 30%. But at some point, that energy densification is going to plateau. And that's why we've really got to focus on uh, 
how we can reduce the impacts of using fossil fuels. Rather than reducing the use of fossil fuels themselves, let's reduce the impacts from the use of fossil fuels. And understand for your readers that 53% of every barrel of oil that is produced actually isn't used in mobility. It's used in creating uh, products that we use in our everyday life. In fact, 93% of all the products that we use in our everyday life have a component of fossil fuels in it, like cell phones and apparel and footwear and uh, medical devices and, and medicines. So uh, it's really an industry that we've got to do a better job of educating uh, the uh, the masses and, and certainly uh, the new young voters who have a firm commitment to uh, uh, improving the climate that let's not uh, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's recognize that there is still a place for fossil fuels uh, as well as renewables. So uh, we're going to find a, a happy, uh, a happy equilibrium for all of us. Well, that's an important message to get out there. Thank you so much for your time, Sean. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to In the Know, the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next exciting discussion on maritime technology, business, and policy. In the meantime, please visit us online at www.maritime-executive.com for the latest news and views from around the industry. 